Thank you for tuning in to The Truth with Trinity, and I am your host, Trinity, and if this is your first time tuning into the podcast, I'd like to send you a warm welcome. Here I talk about issues that happen within the Black community, hopefully for some resolution or at least some food for thought to go about your daily way. So without further ado, I'd like to jump into this episode's topic, which is how Black people make their own neighborhoods unsafe. So, it's one thing to want to leave a neighborhood because you want to purchase a house or you want to live um, on a property that may not be present in the other neighborhood that you live in. You have a job switch. You want to switch cities. You know, there's all sorts of reasons why you want to leave your neighborhood. But one thing that we find common in the African-American community is not wanting to live um, around predominantly black people because of a need of wanting to be safe, have a clean neighborhood. Okay. And another thing that we have to look at as black people is, does a black neighborhood need to be worth millions of dollars? And I say that because, you know, we can mention about there are prominent African-American communities uh, that are peaceful, quiet, well-kept, but these are communities where they're upper middle class to wealthy uh, black people usually. So my question to black people is, do we as black people have to make a certain amount of money before our income, excuse me, before our housing and our neighborhoods become nice? One thing is we shouldn't have to be extremely wealthy, okay, to have nice and well-conditioned neighborhoods, which leads me back into this episode's topic of how black people make their own neighborhoods unsafe, okay? Um, also, uh, the black man's woman in neighborhood resembles that of a plantation, okay? Uh, when I when I speak of plantation, you know, this is the uh, horrible living conditions behind um the slaveholders house okay and let's refer our living conditions in our urban areas to the plantation number one a lot of our areas where predominantly black people live um, is run down okay and we can say it's because the cities won't put money uh, into the communities when you know they can rehab and remodel all day long but what about our mindset as black people uh, will we continue to put graffiti will we continue to bust out windows and cardboarded um, you know wooded boarded areas up um, are we conditioned to feel like this is all we need um, as black people um, it also resembles slave shacks where we live at a lot of times you know um, there's much disharmony and chaos uh, within the communities, the inner cities uh, that predominantly black people live in. There isn't a sense of neighborhood due to lack of trust. Trust in who? Trust in the people that you live around. That's why they're called hoods. They knock the neighbor part out because when you have a neighbor, you know, this is relying on your uh, fellow neighbor or the person that you live around um, that things are going to um, be safe and maintained. And we don't have that in the black community and which is henceforth why they're called hoods instead of neighborhoods. Okay, so due to our lack of trust, high levels of anxiety and trauma uh, is saturated through the air of the urban communities. We as black people have grown comfortable with a living environment we were conditioned to accept. 
Okay, so other demographics, while they live nice, calm, and peaceful, and they don't even have to have the riches and the most well-to-do properties, but there's, there is a sense of difference when you walk in different demographics. But when, when you walk in the black community, you know, especially when we're talking about the inner city, urban areas, it's a fog in the air of anxiety, negativity, and trauma, okay? Why does a predominantly black neighborhood on average have to symbolize an inhabitable area that the average America would consider unlivable conditions? Okay, so the average American, okay, would consider where we live at um, amongst black people to be situations that they refused to live in, that you couldn't even live in. Okay, it's one thing to want to move to another house, city or state, but it's another thing to feel the need to move from around others that may look like you only to seek peace, clean and a safe environment. Why must we live around other demographics to seek what we should have while living amongst each other? You know, and sometimes I think, you know, when when it comes to black people, can you imagine us living in neighborhoods where we were in harmony, how that would raise the vibration. You know, we would have some of the best and coolest communities if we got along. You know, if black men got along with black men, black women on average got along and had a sisterhood. And it would just create a whole nother reality for us to live in. You know, we wouldn't have to seek outside uh, to live in a piece of heaven. You know, because heaven is also a state of mind. Okay. When one hears the term inner city neighborhood, they picture a place where predominantly black people live that has low home and property value. And when one mentions the word ghetto, a scenario pops into mind of men killing each other, drug dealing, kids running wild, unsupervised with angry women, graffiti with urinated alleyways and on the sides of buildings. Okay, that's what people picture in their mind when they think of the ghetto. They also uh, associate it with black people. Black people could still live in their same locations and practice safe environments. Okay, so, you know, we shouldn't have to move out our primary reasoning for living outside of where predominantly black people live shouldn't be solely based off of just wanting to survive. Okay, we can live in the same places we live now and still produce a safe environment if our mentality would change. Many times we associate living in newly remodeled homes and living around white people or other demographics uh, to symbolize safety. When all it truly takes is for black people as a whole to think and feel better about themselves from the inside to produce better living on the outside. The black man and woman's neighborhood is a direct reflection of how they feel on the inside. Okay, uh, let's talk about some of the things that are going on within uh, the black communities. Okay, that, that uh, symbolize what we feel intrinsically. Let's talk about how this manifests on the outside. Okay, in our daily lives, in our daily communities as, as black people in America. Okay, number one. Dirty streets with trash, okay, and all sorts of uh, objects, foreign objects on the grounds and grass, 
broken windows and graffiti walls represent subconsciously that we as black people feel that we don't deserve a clean environment. So every time that we choose to make our environments dirty, we're proving to ourselves that we don't deserve a clean environment. That we only feel normal around broken or dilapidated buildings, okay? Because yes, some of the buildings are old, but that isn't what makes a community all all that it is, you know, um, yeah, things could be more nicer, but sometimes what about us that we make our buildings look older quicker? What about us as black people? We depreciate our buildings more quickly by damaging them and not taking care of our own properties. Okay. Uh, our neighborhoods are also a direct reflection of feeling, uh, uh, broken, unclean on the inside. So it manifests itself outwardly. What can we do to make a change? Okay, so what we can do to make a change is pick up after ourselves. You know, if you have a house, mow the lawn or get someone to do it. Or um, don't litter everywhere, you know. Uh, find a trash can and throw the trash away. Okay, show pride in where we live by not damaging the property. Okay, we can show that we as black people care and value ourselves by starting to care about the condition of where we live. Number two, the quote-unquote ghetto isn't considered low property value because of the geographical location, but it's considered low value because of the people that typically inhabit the property. Where black people live is known for being unsafe, okay? But before we go into that, I want to explain what I mean about you know, the ghetto is considered low property, not because of the geographical location, because let's face it, you know, um, in a lot of the inner city areas, you know, a lot of uh, uh, Caucasians that inhabited the suburbs, you know, they're starting to move back into the inner cities. So what did they do? They uh, refurbished and they remodeled the inner cities. So what once looked really bad in some cities, really bad in the inner city areas, they're looking like condos and freshly paved uh, sidewalks. And you know what? It stays that way. Okay, unless there's potholes that develop, you know, and different, you know, things that develop because of weather. But they know how to keep their neighborhoods safe. So what my point is, it's not about the geographical location. Because if they remodeled our neighborhoods overnight, how long would it stay that way if our mentality is trashed and we feel low self-esteem about ourselves? All it's going to do is magnify and it's going to manifest outwardly what we feel on the inside. So as black people, we have to realize that our ghetto isn't the ghetto because of where this location is, but it's because of how we feel when we live inside of our neighborhoods. So let's go on to why why where black people live is unsafe okay so why is it considered unsafe okay the black community is considered unsafe because the black man is set up on autopilot to wake up from his bed every day on how he can make a living by killing his own fellow man Okay, black men who don't engage in criminal activity become easy prey for those that do. Okay, so let's talk about that for a second. The black man has yet to realize that he will advance further and more quickly and have accumulated more wealth if he stops killing his own black brother. Not only that, but there's a rift 
between the black man that does live in the inner cities and they decide that they do want to go to college. They do want to own their own business. They want to do something outside of the typical norm of what you see the average black man in the inner city hanging on the street corner, uh, causing mischief, dealing drugs, and engaging in criminal activities. These particular black brothers that do want to educate themselves, that do want something different, they're made to feel like they are prey and become victimized by the black man who sees this as a threat like hey this guy wants to go to school this black guy he's a sellout because he doesn't want to ruin his life and he doesn't want to engage in drugs so let's kill him let's rob what he has he has a job an everyday job so he gets the point that he has to go work in order to get what he wants but then there's this rift between black people and black men which is a whole nother episode of why the black man seeks to punish his own fellow man okay and that derives from slavery as well but the black man once again is is um you know in a situation where they're making their own neighborhood safe excuse me unsafe by killing their own black men okay black women aren't raising their offspring as they should and can be found outside screaming laughing loudly high off drugs and alcohol and fighting so we got the black men killing each other, okay? And we've got black women outside in this brute type of uh, situation where they're fighting and laughing and doing all the things outside um, instead of doing what they need to be doing inside uh, with their children. The black man sits on the street corners also intoxicated, yet constantly frustrated, looking for the next time someone will attack him or vice versa. Okay, so this is this thug life type of mentality. You're looking for who's going to attack you. And then you're looking for the next person to attack so that you can come up. Okay, this hostile environment produces a strong atmosphere of anxiety, duress, and depression within the African American community. If one was solely raised within these environments, they would think that this was normal. Okay, so this is what our children are growing up normalizing, that this is okay, okay? But it is only when a native of the ghetto, so someone that's born in the ghetto areas, travels outside of the ghetto to other demographics and neighborhoods can they truly see and feel the contrast. So, you know, if you're born in the hood, you think this is normal, all the killing and rage and the dirt and all the stuff that you see, but it's only when you travel outside and you see that other people live differently can you see the night and day contrast um, of how, you know, predominantly black people live within their communities. The black man often complains that he can't walk in America without his life being in danger. So, you know, you hear a lot of black men complaining about the cops or uh, white nationalists, you know, uh, you know, uh, lynching and things of that nature. But how about how about the black man starting off with being able to feel safe while walking in his own communities? OK, so, yeah, there are things going on on the outside. But what about the black man feeling safe where he lives at? Okay, if you got a problem with, you know, on the outside, okay, when you go out to different areas and stuff, you get pulled over. But why are you feeling like you have to attack your own brother? And why can't you feel safe about walking around your own black men in your own communities? Okay, so black men can start there. 
Okay, how about the black woman being made to feel safe walking down their own streets so that she can exercise? Okay, how, you know, because you go in other neighborhoods, you know, you see the women getting their exercise and stuff. How come the black woman can't do that? Okay, with her black stroller. How come, you know, we can't, we can't create this for ourselves? Um, a black man standing somewhere shouldn't be seen as a threat but as a source of security, you know, and that, 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 that creates, um, anxiety too. You know, when you see a group of men banded together, you know, it can create anxiety, you know, especially if you think they're up to no good or black men in particular shouldn't symbolize grouping together that there's going to be trouble. And that's what it symbolizes in the black community. When you see a group of black men together, it usually symbolizes some type of fight, um, some type of gambling, something illegal going on, and it shouldn't be like that. You know, when the black man stands together, especially to the black woman's eyes, she should be able to say, hey, I feel safe. You know, they're coming up with some type of solution. They're doing something constructive while our men are together, not because, oh gosh, I better duck for cover, okay? Black children shouldn't have to worry if they will be the next victim of a stray bullet, Okay, and it's time for the black man, because it's prim primarily black men shooting out there, should have more respect for their own children, even if it's not biologically your child. But our black children represent our tomorrow. And we and black men should have enough respect to hold off on their gun shooting till they get off somewhere that is not around their children and their neighborhoods around their women enough self-control and discipline and they shouldn't be aiming the trigger at each other anyway both black men and women should value the lives of their own children to produce safe living environments instead of waiting for someone else to magically wave their wand to create the reality we should be able to create for ourselves the reason why there is hardly anything of value inside the black community is because people and other black people are afraid to put their money inside the black community. Every time we damage buildings, we prove that we are just a slave or the N-word. Every time we try to take from our own brother or sister instead of learning from them or being happy for them, all we do is prove the Willie Lynch syndrome is correct, that all we will ever be is a slave. Every time we kill or take from our own brother and sister, we continue to look foolish when white nationalists answer a police call that results in us coming up murdered. Okay, so every time that we choose to kill and take and rob and steal from each other and one of us has to call the cops and there are some good cops, you know, not every cop is a bad cop or a white nationalist. Okay, but when some of them do join the police squad and they are white nationalists, all we do is give them an excuse to come in and kill off uh, someone um, that may be black. And then you do have white nationalists sitting back laughing like, hey, they can sit and chill out because they don't even have to kill black people anymore because black people are doing the job for them. Yet we look foolish when we complain about them coming into our communities, popping and busting caps in our brains when we're doing it to ourselves. What makes our neighborhoods poor and unsafe has less to do with the newness or lack thereof of the buildings itself, but has everything to do with the mindset of the people that inhabit those buildings.
So this is some positive things that we can do to better our communities, okay? We as black people need to discontinue hanging out in large groups outside because nine times out of 10 when there's large groups of black people just hanging outside or that's people, period. It is not just limited, limited to black people, but when there's large groups of people just hanging out every day outside, there's nothing good coming out of these situations. Number two, we need to not throw trash on the grounds where we live at. Find a trash can. Let's take some pride in where we live at. Let's not yell, fight, or damage property outside. As black people, as black people, we need to control our children when they are outside. So that takes some supervision to do. Number five. We as black people need to discourage menacing behavior, loitering, or mischievous behavior, even if it is from someone you may know. And that's what it takes a neighborhood too, to develop a neighborhood, is even if it's people that you know, even if it's people that live inside of the neighborhood, that's what makes black people transition from being a victim and always having to call the police when there's a problem that arises then get mad when someone on the outside doesn't solve the issue the way we think that it should be solved well let's do just that what do we think how do we feel about our neighborhoods continuing to be damaged continuing um you know menacing behavior our children can't even play outside what are we going to do when are we going to take the power inside of our own hands and say hey you're not going to mess up where we live at that you need to get this in line or you need to move out okay when are we as black people going to start checking our own people on their bad behavior instead of getting mad when other people on the outside do so for us okay number six discontinue using firearms in your neighborhood go to a gun range or an open wooded area guns shouldn't be shown for fun and certainly not in areas where women and children are in close proximity the black man must go to work instead of spending his most prominent years on the um, on idle hanging out on a street corner. The black woman must go inside the house and start cooking, cleaning, and teaching her children because these things are going to produce better neighborhoods that provide a safer environment for our black children to grow up to be able to break the generational cycles that we have still as black people in 2021 look that pretty much concludes this segment it's been a pleasure talking with you all i really appreciate you sitting here um listening to the podcast um i thank all my subscribers and if you haven't subscribed yet you can subscribe you can hit the notification and the share button um if you would like to tell me what you think if you're listening on youtube you can also leave a comment um if you'd like to show your financial contribution or if you have any questions or suggestions you can contact me at the truth with trinity.com you can also listen to my podcast on youtube spotify and anchor and always remember if you can't tell the truth with anyone else you can't with trinity till next time take care